Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Big Apple Hockey. Uh, it's this is going to be our weekly show for this week. We are like scheduling to do a lot more mini shows from now on. Um, but I get let's get my name played up there. I am, of course, Mark Williams, and I am joined once again, returning back from the ACW or AEW. Uh, what's acw i don't even know what that uh, is. Yeah, i'm not sure about yeah that. Re- re- from from wrestling the one and only mr john falkowski yeah AEW was at um prudential center on wednesday um i will be there this wednesday at arthur ash so we're, we're gonna have a uh good card this week but uh we're here to talk hockey now so uh let's get cracking on hockey yeah, and unfortunately, we're going to be Sans Anthony for this afternoon, but don't worry, uh, he'll be here with us in spirits. All right, so before we get started, you just get that feeling like somebody's returning back to help us. Thank God hockey's back. And again, I left the Pittsburgh Penguins in there. Don't even know why. But uh, uh, we all make mistakes. Also, because I only had a few hours of sleep. That's on me. Um, Yeah. So so preseason and training camps start Friday. uh, Sorry. Preseason Sunday. Training camps for regular NHLers start on Wednesday. Uh, we watched one of the games of the rookies, uh, the Rangers rookies versus Flyers rookies. Any thoughts on what you've seen so far, Phil? Yeah. Um, Logan, uh, Morgan Barron, sorry. I had a funny <laughs> part there. Yeah. Morgan Barron looks like he's ready. I, I mean, I know it's against other prospects, but he looked good last year in the, uh, in the, the, the final games of the season. Um, and I, I was very happy with his progress then. He looked great in these games. Lori Payanami, even though I don't think he's going to make the team. Uh, and, yeah, that is a Zelda cap. Yeah, it's so, just yeah. – it's with a, with a C, not an X. That's 
kind of a little yeah. bit different if it's marks yeah. marks we're <laughs> 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 all marks over here <laughs> yeah but yeah um we had uh we had some good looking uh prospects will cooley i think might have turned the most heads out of anyone in the entire two games nils lundquist was solid he i i, I mean I, I know he was going to play with them because he just doesn't have the experience that someone like Vitaly Kravtsov did, and that's why they didn't want Vitaly Kravtsov at the uh, at the uh, the prospect uh, development camp is because he's he's just beyond that point. Um, I, I really think that he uh, Nils Lundqvist is going to make this roster. I, I just after Chris Drury's comments and then after seeing him in this tournament, I'm not going to say that he looked exceptional. I, I thought he was very good. Could he have been better? Sure. He had a couple of gaps, but I'm not worried about anything with him. He, he's going to have a spot. And then, uh, but yeah, Morgan Barron looked like if he doesn't get a spot over Kevin Rooney or someone else in that bottom six, I'd be shocked. I, I really would be shocked. Then Laurie Pioneer shows that he's got an NHL level shot. And he, he's got some skills. And I, I really do think that He's a potential middle six winger one day. It's it's just a matter of working on skating, working on the other things. So, um, and speaking about which, uh, this is actually a clip of the Nils Lundqvist goal from yesterday. And unlike the Rangers feed on Saturday, the Flyers actually had announcers for this. Reunion and trying to get one through traffic there. Now it comes back out. Lundqvist moving in. He shoots and he scores. Niels Lundqvist beats. Kirill Ustamenko high to the glove side. And Oof. and look who's and on the ice with him there, number 49, Lori Pioneer. Pioneer is the one who actually made the play. And yep. I mean, Tom Reunanen could have been there for a backdoor goal too. So um, it's just, it's it's the way, you know, they're, they're prospects. They're prospects for a reason, and they're there uh, to develop. Um, uh, I didn't see... Anything and bad out of? I gotta thank Gunton Granny oh, for that. Hey, comment, by the yeah, way. thanks, Granny. All right, see, that's why we we always try to like improve and uh, have plenty of good hockey talk. But I mean, I didn't see anything like out of the ordinary to be alarmed about. Uh, no. either Matthew Robertson or Tomba Reunanen, or I mean, the list goes on and on. But just they got solid prospects. I, yeah, I think up and down. Yeah question is can they get a little bit uh just to nhl level and be better so that's where that comes in uh nils lundquist i think is going to be just fine i think they want him to make this team and i think they want him on this opening night roster but more on uh the other guys on that later so uh as uh you can see in our ticker on the bottom we are going to be me phil anthony and uh, one more person, I still have no idea who that's going to be, uh, are going to be at the game on Sunday. And uh, we're going to, well, we're going to do probably at least one video, maybe have a, a couple beers and talk about what we're expecting in this game. And can't wait to see what, what we're going to be seeing in the preseason. But, Phil, this is my question to you. Um, what exactly are you looking for specifically when you're looking at – the we'll start with the New York Rangers. Uh, on what are you looking for in the preseason? 
For the Rangers, I, I would say the development of the kids. It's just I, I usually don't put a whole lot of stock into what the veterans do in the preseason because they're just finding their stride. That's it. They're just getting their, their legs under them, just getting some reps in. That's really all it is for the veterans. But it's it's the youth that you really want to see here. You want to you want to see the, the kids who you don't expect to make the roster come in and see how they play and see if they force the organization to start making some decisions or at least thinking about them. So if they start to think about having to make those decisions, then you know that that's something to look at in terms of progress in a player. And that's really what I'm looking for here. Um, I, I'm not looking for much in, in, in terms of, like I said, the veterans or anyone, anyone else. Um, even in, even the players that you think that are two, three years away. How do they look in the preseason? How do they look against players in similar positions at, at similar ages and, and similar statures and at similar points in, in their career development-wise? So uh, that that's the biggest thing for me for the Rangers. Um, I agree with you on that aspect of, uh, what to look for, because you, you want to know how a player is going to deal with adversity if he has to take it. Um, our friend stat boy, Steven says he always watched players when they go back to the bench. And, yeah. um, that's a big thing. Body it's also seeing, yeah. It's also seeing when, um, a play breaks down or when, uh, or, or when a, a, a puck just doesn't go their way. What I'm going to specifically look for this season, and um, it's the Gallant effect. I want to see how this team is going to be playing differently. Um, you won't see it as much on Sunday, but I think as this preseason goes on, because I was watching games with um, when Barry Trotz took over in 2018, and I was starting to look at them and go, the – the Islanders are going to be a much better team this year. They're going to be a hard four checking team. They were going to be difficult to play against. There's one fly that's in my room. I have no idea why it just <laughs> flew in front of my face. Um, <clears throat> but you, there were all these things I was looking at and going, the Islanders are going to be a better team. I want to see that same effect with the New York Rangers and Gerard Gallant because now they have a competent head coach. And I mean that with all due res- with no due respect to David Quinn. Um, <laughs> Uh, it's, it's, it's just, um, the Gerard Gallant is, is, uh, can you say he's an elite level head coach yet? I mean, the guy's got a Jack Adams. Um, he's Stanley got final birth. He's got real good results in, in two different locations that you didn't expect him to have real good results in. And he took a, a first year team to a Stanley Cup finals. So, I, I mean, if by elite, are we just talking in terms of elite right now? Because if we're talking career elite, like, no, obviously not. He's not near Quenville or Babcock or um, or any Trotz. of those guys at that point, you know. But, I mean, Trotz, obviously, guys like that. But, you know, right now, he's still got to be one of the better head coaches in the entire NHL. So, you're right. The point of how him coming in and implementing that system and seeing how quickly this team adapts to that system is going to be an interesting storyline to watch. I mean, I my, my caveat with that would be to just not expect too much because, again, it's preseason. 
So mm-hmm. you're not going to have complete lineups on there. Uh, I mean, you'd be lucky if you've got the opening night regulars in there for one game together. I, I, I think so. Usually, it's let's the last just game. take it in. And, yeah, I mean, take it in and enjoy hockey and enjoy the fact that we can watch mm-hmm. this without having to give a crap about the record. Or the results. Either. Or the, exactly. Uh, That's what I'm saying. The yeah. Results. Like, take for instance, next week, there's no bragging rights at stake at all. Um, going further, though, into that, um, I, because systems could either take hold right away or it could take time. It could take time. And, yeah. we know, and we know that as Ranger fans, yes. because the 2013 New York Rangers, the month of October, is one of the worst in their franchise history. And yeah. that's a season that culminated with being three wins away from the Stanley Cup finals. And by the way, that was three the Stanley goals. Cup. The Stanley Cup, I mean. Um, the that was three goals away from winning the Stanley Cup. Yes. So that's something. Sorry, guys, if I'm giving anybody PTSD. All oh, right. those four letters that I love to say <laughs> so often up here because you like to trigger those in me. Uh, well, you know, I guess sometimes it's that I, I need to face my own demons. So that's the way I just always uh, look at that. Uh, no, I think you're just a masochist and you enjoy torturing me, but that's another story. <laughs> or a sadist and enjoy torturing myself as well. Yeah, that, that, that's true. Um, other news was made this week, but before we flip completely over to see what we're going to ask for about the Islanders. Um, yeah, we're still going to do it, even though Anthony's not here. Uh, Zdeno Chara signed with the Islanders after a 20 year absence. Um, what's your what exactly is your take on that? It's depth. It, I mean, it's it's not a bad move at all. Uh, I don't think he really has much left. Um, but he's a mentor back there, he's a leader. Um, I believe he was the second European-born captain to lead a team to a Stanley Cup. Um, the first, obviously, being Nicholas Lidstrom in 2008. Um, but you know what? He's got leadership. He can teach someone like Noah Dobson how to continue to be a better pro. Um, he can lend his his intelligence and his his knowledge and his wisdom to guys like Ryan Pollock and, and uh, Adam Pellick. I mean, I know they're veterans, but you think that they're not going to sit there and listen when Zdeno freaking Chara speaks? They're going to. And that yeah. entire locker room, regardless of position, is going to because the man knows what it takes to win. Um, I know we were talking about this last night at the bar because NHL Network was showing the game, but – Wayne Gretzky always referred to that loss, that fourth loss to, to get swept in the 1983 Stanley Cup Finals and going back into their, by the Islanders locker room and just seeing them somber, hunched over, and looking like they were just – like they, they just lost the game almost. And he said at that point, I knew what it took to win it all. And you know what? Zdeno Chara can tell that team, a team that's been beaten two times in a row by Tampa Bay in the Eastern Conference Finals, just going that short of getting to the Stanley Cup Finals, what it takes to win. The Islanders are going to be a hungry team, and Zdeno Chara can definitely help. So that'll be an interesting thing to look at. 
Um, he's going to provide some leadership and and also the physical play and just being on the ice is going to really help because it's hard to avoid his six nine frame. Um, yeah, I, I think. But uh, and and you're right about that because he's also been to the top of the mountain, lost at the top of the mountain twice, and. Yes. He's he's been involved in some disappointing playoff losses, so uh, we'll just exactly see where that goes. Um, the Islanders also brought in Eric Gustafson to a PTO. Um, I, on previous uh, videos that we've done over the last year, John's always referred to it as a needle mover like this or one like this. This is more like a who. So um, Eric Gustafson, he was. Good for the Blackhawks a couple years ago when I picked him up in fantasy. And since then, him being a regular has kind of been a fantasy. I think he's been through four organizations since then. Uh, so, John, what exactly are you looking for from the Islanders in the preseason? The, the one thing I'm going to look at, at for me is the most interesting storyline is the play of Oliver Wallstrom. Uh, I want to see what he does in the preseason. I want to see him get off to a good start. Um, I want to see if he can pick up like from like the middle toward the end of last year when he was riding that wave of good play and, and he played some good hockey in the playoffs when he, when he played too. So I, I want to see if he can be a guy that can step up into the top six and acclimate himself as a big time scorer for them. And I, I think he can, <coughs> excuse me. Oh, totally fine. Yeah, but he um, he's a guy that I, I think will need to get off to a good start. I, I think that would be very beneficial for him to get off to a good start and, and get a couple of goals in the preseason and start to really gain Barry Trotz's trust. Um, Dave over here saying with, with a good one, I don't know if this is yours or not because – okay how Anders Lee will bounce back from his knee injury. And that that's a that's a real good one. That's dude. well you'll know more about that I think around November and uh, Anders Lee yeah. isn't exactly a speedster so he's he's more about strength in front of the net. Mine yeah. is just are they better? Um I don't I'm not convinced about that. I think they're going to they're not that laterally is bad for the Islanders either. Um it's just uh, I don't think you're, and that's unfortunately that's something you're not going to see in the preseason. Where how are they replacing Jordan Everly? How are they um, mixing up their their third unit? Um, is are they promoting Wallstrom? Are they going to get a power play that's going to put the puck in the net? That's what's going to separate them from being a Stanley Cup champion, I think, in my opinion. Yeah, but we're gonna we're gonna find out more about that soon enough. So uh, I do want to put this question back up again. What do you guys think? What are you looking for in the preseason? What type of um, specific idiosyncrasies are you looking at to say, hey, this, uh, this, this is what I want to see from this team, or maybe you're seeing something you don't want to see. So throw it all down in the comments below. Because, um, Jace, wait, is that really our opening segment already? <laughs> All right, we're already through the opening segment, okay. So, uh, let me just kill the ticker. And we're going to do some bar talks, guys. I'm going to take a shot on this one. 
You're gonna see fear. I'm buying everybody around on this! Oh my god! You know, I just realized in that segment uh, that there it still says ATR on the bottom, even though the Big Apple Hockey. I've told you to get rid of that. I know that, but you know what? I'm going to have to fix that and get that out of there. So don't worry. It'll be fixed for the next show. Oh, but... look, look, look who look who joins us from watching right here, Mr. Anthony LaRocco. Ooh. The big Z, does that mean that big... <laughs> or does that does that mean something else, Anthony? Uh, are are they sleeping? Uh, maybe that's what that's what we're gonna say. <laughs> I mean, hell, the, the Islanders are kind of the Devils 2.0, so there you go. Uh, where uh, Martin Bordeaux would face those whopping 14 shots a game. Yeah, and, and people. I mean, I'm not just hating for folks. Go back through the stat sheet. There was a lot of times. You, you didn't even – he got hit with a puck. He was surprised. Um, <laughs> so, also, uh, once again, by the way, uh, training camps are opening Wednesday, and we mentioned we are going to be at the game on Sunday. If you're going to be there, uh, hit us up on our brand-new Big Apple Hockey Twitter, and who knows, we'll even have a beer and discuss. And, some yeah, and let, uh, let's put that in the uh, – let's put that in there. Uh, oh, it's in there. It's uh, in the ticker. Oh, it's in the ticker? Okay. It's in the ticker. Yeah. Because also, oh, by the way, and the other thing I always constantly mention is it's at the end of every video now, but check out Hattrick Apparel uh, for some shirts, hoodies. I mean, everything got a lot of good stuff. I should be getting a Mika's Advantage ad shirt soon. Um, but so just in case anybody hasn't seen it, our new Twitter at Big Apple Hockey. Um, I know I've followed a few people already. I'll be going around and following some more people. Give us a follow back and definitely join in on uh, the discussion with us. But hit us up there if you're going to be there next uh, this upcoming Sunday. We'd love to meet up with you if you're there and uh, get to put the uh, get to put some faces to the names, you know? Yeah, which is always a good thing because, I mean, after all, when Mike uh, NYR uh, stopped in uh, to Croker's and I'm like, oh, shit, all right, there you go. All right, guys, so welcome to Big Apple Hockey Bar Talk, where we gauge our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. Are you depressed? You just need a shot. You're so-so. You can take a beer. Or you're so confident you're buying everybody around. Well, we're going to start with this one. And the New York Rangers will miss Pavel Buchnevich, Mr. Felkowski. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to buy everybody around on this one. Um I think that they'll have depth that will step up. I've mentioned the three kids, Kako, Lafreniere, Kravtsov, that are going to have to step up and, and uh, you know basically replace his offense. But um, they're they're going to miss him. He's a, he was turned into a real good penalty killer. He was on their top penalty killing unit with Mika Zibanejad uh, in the forward department there. Uh, he was their first line right winger. He was really the play driver on that line. So. Uh, I, I honestly think they're really going to miss him. Uh, you're going to feel it. I, I said they were going to miss Carl Hagelin when Carl Hagelin left. They sorely lacked his play, or they lacked his speed against the uh, the Penguins in 2016, and mm -hmm. they ended up getting trounced that first round. I think they're going to miss Pavel Buchnevich again. It, 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 you know what? I'm not saying this team's going to be bad, and I'm not saying that they're they're going to struggle a lot because he's gone. 
there's going to be other reasons why this team is going to have its ups and downs. And Pavel Bochnevich is one of them, though. So, yeah, I'm, I'm buying around on this. Um, last night I, when we were discussing this, oh, uh, by the way, before we, I get too far, uh, remember part of the reason why they really needed his speed against the Pittsburgh Penguins is because he was using their speed for the Pittsburgh Penguins in that series. Yes. So that was part of the problem. But when you traded him to Anaheim, you didn't think he was going to be traded back to Pittsburgh. So, um, I originally said shot, uh, on this because I just, I think they got the talent to to fill the holes, and maybe you're going to see something different from Kratzoff and uh, Lafreniere and Kako. But I'm going to upgrade it to a beer. Uh, I think it. There's a lot to be said about the growth of Buchnevich. I loved Pavel Buchnevich. No matter how many times I said he was going to get traded, and they have to trade him because of salary cap reasons. If there was no salary cap, he's a New York Ranger right now. Um, it would have been like then, and and again, it would have been like a beer because eventually you gotta develop these these three players, and you can't constantly do that by putting them on the fourth line with Brett Howden, and um, fortunately we don't have to worry about that anymore. But we're moving on from that. Uh, just see a good comment. What's that? Did you see a good comment? I saw your hand move. No, I was <laughs> replying to Joe's uh, comment here about Marty Brodeur. So I replied in the uh, the chat while you were going. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of that. Well, while you're doing that, I'll start this one off. Morgan Barron is going to make the opening night New York Rangers roster. I'm buying everybody around. Um, simply put, I think this kid's got the chops. Uh, he had the first goal on Saturday. Uh, it was off a giveaway, and I think he went off the post and in on – I don't even know who the Flyers goalie was. I know I could have looked it all up, but I was just looking at who our guys were. Um, I, though it, I think Morgan Frost had a couple goals in that game too. But, uh, no, I'm buying everybody around. I, th- I think I think Morgan Barron's a player, and I mean, I'm nervous about where he might fit in and who you might have to take out of the lineup, but you know, something that's going to be part of this Rangers team the entire year. They're going to be bringing guys in and out and in and out. And that's the way you're going to keep Brian Reese fresh. That's the way you're going to keep Sammy plays fresh. Sorry, Sammy Blay and, um, and Barkley Goudreau as well. That's, Oh, he's not coming out of the lineup, but you know what I mean? Silk. I'm with you. I'm, I'm buying around. I, I mean, like I said, when we were talking about the games, uh, Morgan Barron was just super impressive. He looked well past the point of being of playing with and against prospects at this point. I, I, he's ready for the big guys. I, I don't know how much else he has left to prove at, excuse me, the AHL level. I really don't know how much else he has left to prove. I, I don't think there's anything, if, if anything at all. So, I, I think you're gonna uh, you're gonna see him on either the the fourth line, uh, probably the fourth line. I would say he'll probably be the fourth line center. And I, I think if maybe like Sean mentioned, I mean Barron with Reeves and Blay. I, I mean that could be a really good fourth line because if you look at Sammy Blay's numbers, Sammy Blay has been putting up third line numbers in St. Louis, third line numbers. 
And if you've got him on your fourth line, your fourth line's probably going to be pretty damn good, especially if you got a kid like Barron who's got some skill, some a high hockey IQ, the size and the mobility to be able to 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 put that all together on on your fourth line with two guys like that. Ooh, yeah, I think that could be a real problem for teams. So yeah, I'm fine round. And again, uh, when I put this in perspective, the New York uh, Sammy Blay is now a New York Ranger, and he's the type of guy that everybody's been asking for for the last two to three seasons. Yep. He's a guy that leveled David Backus in the Stanley Cup Finals versus the Boston Bruins, the yep. former captain of the St. Louis Blues. So most of the team of the of his teammates knew the guy as the captain of the team, and he stepped up and just cleaned his clock. So uh, I I love the way this kid's going to play, and there's a lot of people that think that he's going to play really well too. All right, moving on back to the island, as a lot of people in the chat are very happy. Uh, <laughs> Zdeno Chara will play 60 games this season for the New York Islanders. John? And by the way, I have his numbers right here. I'm going to say beer. Um, I think there's <laughs> – then Joe said skip it. <laughs> 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 but I, I think – I'm going to go with a beer here. I, I just think that they might end up resting him, you know, from game to game. And they're gonna yeah. probably look to get um, to get Gustafson in if he makes the team. Um, uh, Sean, in terms of round shots or beers to get Char drunk, um, we're not talking <laughs> Andre the Giant here, but I'd imagine it's a, it's a lot. So, um, yeah, I do agree with Will's comment before about the. Uh, the fourth line. Uh, yeah. That was a good comment. But I, I think Char, they're going to try to keep him fresh. I, I could see between 60 to 70, um, unless he gets hurt. Um, That's possible. He's 44 years old. I mean, I think you'd really want to keep him fresh. Gustafson makes it. He's going to get a lot of minutes, and he's going to get power play time because they need somebody to quarterback that power play. They don't really have anybody right now. I, I like Ryan Pollock as a trigger man at the point, but he's not a true power play quarterback unless he takes some unforeseen development offensively <clears throat> out of nowhere, which I guess is technically possible, but it's not something you should be holding your breath for if you're an Islander fan. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say beer. I, I think that also I think Robin Sallow and, and um, Sam Bolduc might end up uh, – getting some games with the Islanders by the end of the year too. So it'll help the Islanders to have depth. I'm going to go with beer as well. Uh, I don't know exactly how much he's got left in the tank. I will say this. He is, um, again, he's huge. I want to know if he's got the speed to keep up in this game. Uh, the other part is that I, I mean, he plays about 80% of his games anyway. So somebody that plays that physical and avoids injury, because uh, if you look at over the numbers, the last the last bunch of years, I mean, he played, he he's played most of them. So it's, um, 
I think he's gonna. I think he's 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 gonna play sixty games at least for the Islanders, uh, and they're gonna need him to because they need that left side D filled. Uh, we were hoping to freak out Anthony with this question, but <laughs> Alexander Ovechkin will score less than forty goals this season, and I'm just hearing Anthony screaming uh, from home right now, uh, but. You know what? <laughs> no, nah, he's going to score 40. Uh, I, I'm going to go shot. So uh, we got the little angry shot guy right there. <laughs> got to make him a little bit bigger. Uh, but no, I, I, this guy, Alexander Ovechkin fires the puck. He's Brett Hall 2.0. Uh, and he'll he'll just stay at that point, one time the puck for days, and, and end up just – He'll, he'll put yeah, in 40 goals this year. That, that one time 50 well. this year. Yeah, that one timer might be the best one timer ever. Um I I'm gonna say I'm gonna say beer. Okay. And the only reason why I'm gonna say beer it's because my answer comes with the pretense of does he finally finally have a major injury that keeps him out for like 15 plus games? Mm-hmm. Like, and last year, I mean, if I if I remember correctly, I think he paced at just about forty. If if I'm correct, uh, I double check it again. But I believe he had twenty two or twenty three. Yeah, what I'm saying is he he paced at just about. Actually, no, he oh no, he paced at over 40. Yeah, because 48 would have been a goal every other game, 48 games. So he had 24 goals in only 45 games. Um he's starting to get closer to the point where his his production's gonna go down. Uh, I think. And I, I think he'll get it, but I think it's gonna be very close. That's, that's actually good. I like that. Yeah, that's the truth. Yeah, that, that 2018 bender that he had after they won the cup was the stuff of legends. I do have to say, other than possibly being with Mark Messier after the Rangers won the cup, because he was just everywhere in New York that year. Um, Why wouldn't you with the Stanley Cup? Uh, I would, I would have loved to have uh, been in the Ovechkin entourage. And hell, he was he was drinking beer out of a fountain at Nash, uh, Nationals Park, and out of the out of the Stanley Cup. All right, Mark, 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 you're 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 looking like Turtle right now with the hat, and I could be Johnny Drama, obviously, because my name is Johnny. So we, we we'd have Ovechkin's entourage right now. Yeah, there you go, there you go. Even though, uh, even though you know, technically, the has been actor is right here. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, there there you go. All right, Phil, Brady Kachuk's um, contract talks will drag into this season. I'm going to buy around on this. Um, I know that Dorian came out and was saying that they're not far away, but when you've got the guy's brother, when you got Brady's brother, Matthew, coming out and saying that they're not close, um, yeah, I, I think this might drag on a bit. I don't know if this is going to go to December like Nylanders did, but I, I could see this going into October and possibly into November. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to say, yeah, I'm, I'm buying everybody around on this. 
Uh, I hate to say it because I think they need him on the ice, but I'm buying around. Uh, this is we were talking about the RFAs last last week. Which ones could miss some time? My number one is uh, Carell the Thrill. He's definitely missing some time. Um, Oh yeah, but I also kind of think that Vancouver can't afford not to put Patterson and um, Hughes into their opening lineup. so that's that's one reason why I think that that might get done. But that being said, I mean, uh, damn. I mean, if Ottawa is serious about that, the rebuild is over. Again, stupid statement, Pierre Dorian. But it's then in that case, sign this kid. Sign this kid. Get him. Sign get the him. kid and get and and lock him up long term. Yeah, lock and him again. Up we're we're not saying just given to any demands. No, that's that's ridiculous. But it's just you you gotta you gotta lock them up long term. So yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I'm buying around on that. Quinn Hughes and Elias Patterson will both remain with the Canucks. Um, there was one parameter I never understood about this. Is this in general? I'm saying or? I'm saying right now after this whole thing. Okay. All right. So this season. Yeah. So, okay. So, uh, uh, I, I'm gonna say beer right now because okay. there is some serious. They're in some serious jeopardy right now with the uh, with the the, the contract situation, with the cap situation, I should say, with everything. Uh, reports are that they were close to bridging Quinn Hughes, which I get it. It's smart. He didn't have a great season defensively last year from a defensive standpoint. Um. You know, people are going to come out and question his play. Uh, but I can tell you right now, th- this this team needs to get its it, it stuff in check. They need to get their priorities in check, and they need to they need to move somebody, whether it's Tyler Myers or whoever it may be. They've got to move some salary, and they've got to do it quick. And uh, I, I just – I don't know who's really going to line up to help them out. I mean, I would say the Islanders could use a Tyler Myers, but where is their cap space? Yeah. I mean, they're <laughs> that, both two teams that don't have cap space at all, really, to do or, anything. Or even where's their um where's their prospects they got to offer? I mean, so Tyler Myers ain't gonna cost in, in this situation is definitely not gonna cost much right now if that's the piece that gets moved. And right, I but on the other but on the other hand, it's sort of like um you still got a. I don't think he's an Andrew Ladd or a uh, Shane Gossespierre, and I don't even think Shane. No, Goss- no, no, no. Shane Gossespierre deal, but, by the but way. Look at what. But look at what Nick Letty got, and he's uh, actually a little younger mm-hmm. and probably a better player at this point than Tyler Myers with a lesser contract. So uh, I, I just. I, I don't think that Tyler Myers is going to cost a lot, especially when everyone knows that Vancouver is bent over a barrel to try to get these two signed, and they're mm-hmm. trying to move Tyler Myers in order to get them to. And that that's saying it's if it's just a hypothetical because we don't know who they're going to move. So I, I I really have my concerns about this team keeping the both of them right now. Um, we've also talked in past shows about if there's any player you would offer she did to Elias Pedersen, especially since uh, the Canucks are over a barrel right now. Yeah. I also have reservations about paying uh, young players way too early. 
Uh, I've openly talked about how the Connor McDavid contract was the worst thing for this league. Um, even though, yes, the guy basically earns that money, you also couldn't give him $12 million in his fourth season. Um, because then the ripple effect went down the league, and that's why Jack Eichel got t- is getting $10 million right now. Um, Connor McDavid got $12 million because just like Columbus with Rick Nash, they had to give him that contract to keep him there. Exactly. And I understand that too. Anyway, back to this one. Uh, you can offer Elias Pettersson, you know, uh, an offer sheet and get him out of there. I, because I, these two, they got to sign. I think they, I think they're going to sign. Uh, I'm going to say that they're, I'm going to buy everybody around. They're both going to, they're both going to remain with the, the Canucks. I understand it's in serious jeopardy, but those are two players I'll move heaven and earth and make sure that I keep. Um, and maybe not adding on OEL's salary, even though I like him as a player. Um, maybe not. I mean, Jim Jim Benning has isn't exactly the best GM in the league. No, so, I mean, we'll we'll just I'll just say it like that. So, and uh, I'll leave all other words out of there. Yeah. Um, before I guess we move on to the next uh, topic in there. I'll answer this question. Uh, yes, Guntone Granny, it does count against the cap. The The dead cap hit will count against the cap. Um, I don't know if they have the option really to, to buy anyone out right now. Um, if you give me a second, I can take a look at cap friendly, take a look at Vancouver's situation and see what a Tyler Myers uh, buyout would do to help them. Uh, computer's just being a little and slow I right now. I just forget if there's another buyout window at the end of the preseason. Um, that's the uh, that's the, the the second window is for arbitration eligible. I believe I would have to I'd have to get into contact with Stephen because Stephen and I talked about this mm-hmm. a few times before. Um, right now in dead cap, they have two point four million tied up between. Uh, or actually, no, only 550k this year between Brayden Holtby's buyout and uh, Jake Vertanen's. Um, but next year that goes up to 2.4 million as Holtby's goes up to 1.9, and Vertanen's 50k goes up to 500k next year. So it's not like they have a ton of dead cap. Um, if they were looking to get rid of Tyler Myers, because they have eight defenders that really look like they could see time with this team um, and none of their forwards are really have egregiously bad contracts that they would move. So really the guy that I would think that they would look to move would probably be Tyler Myers. Um, let's see here. I want to see if you could. Well, uh, I guess I could get on the phone with the Arizona Coyotes of the Detroit Red Wings again. Uh yeah, how many more years does he have on that deal? He's got to have like two. Tyler Tyler Myers has three more years this year. That's, I was uh, thinking three, so. Yeah, 22, 23, and uh, 24. So I'm trying to see the buyout calculator. Okay, there it is. All right, so select player. Uh, team Vancouver. 
And... and actually, by the way, welcome to the show, Miko. But uh, the, uh, the it's interesting hearing all the that people are all the the things people are saying about Daryl Sutter out of Flames Camp this year that they might have a change of culture and you might see something different happen with them. Can they buy out Tyler Myers? Why is it not giving me? They might not be able to right now. Oh, no. Okay. Here it goes. All right. So um, if they buy out Tyler Myers, this season, it actually wouldn't even help them that much. It would actually save them uh, $1,111,111. So the cap, the dead cap would be 4888 and then eight eight nine million. Yeah, so you're better off trying to trade him or to uh, hold on to him because he's he's got a he's got a five million dollar signing bonus, and the signing bonuses are really the problem with um, with trying to buy out players. Sorry, I was trying to un, un- highlight it on my screen for some weird reason, but um, the the signing bonuses are the problem. And Tyler Myers has a signing bonus in this year. And in 2024, so those two years, the the dead cap hits would be really high, and they wouldn't be that much. So Tyler Myers really has a buyout, what they call a buyout-proof contract right now. What kind of yeah. like what Andrew Ladd had uh, a, a year or two ago. So um, he's got to be traded, and maybe with small salary retention to help a team, but. If I'm Vancouver, if I'm betting, I'm, I'm going. I'm going to Arizona again, and I'm saying, "Hey, you know what? Can you take Tyler Myers from us? And what do we have to give you to take Tyler Myers?" Yeah, and you know what? Um, that's and who who knows? He'll he'll probably sign another guy to a, a ridiculous contract like Louis Erickson. Um, oh, jeez. I mean, it's it's there. There are just those GMs. You go, God. I mean, they never uh, sooner or later, sooner, sooner or later, that's where Jeff Gordon's going to get a job. He's going to get a job with one of those teams that their GM just keeps on making boneheaded decisions, yep. and he'll come in because he knows how to manage the cap a little bit better. Yep. Um, moving on, Christian Dvorak will put up career highs in goals, assists, and points. Filk. I'm going to say beer. Um, only because I'm not 110% sure that he will. I have a good feeling that he will. Um, I don't know how much that'll be. I, I, I could see like 25 goals somewhere in the 50 point range, maybe between 25 to 30 assists somewhere around there. I mean, I, I I think it'll happen, especially if he's their second line center, and he and Montreal's got good wing depth. That's one thing that you got to look at with Montreal, and you got to say, hey, like there there's a lot of good wingers here. I mean, you you have your Drouin's going to be back if he's healthy. He'll he'll be back. Uh, you got Gallagher, uh, you got Josh Anderson, you got Cole Caulfield, who people are talking about the rookie of the year that they call their favorite. Um, you've got other good wingers on this team. They've, they've still got really good depth on the wings. So, um, I'm, I'm going to say beer, but I could see it happening. 
I'm going to go beer. Uh, I, I, there's so many temptations to go either way on all those. That's why this really is the perfect uh, answer for this. Because he could either explode with the, the different line mates that he's going to have, different competition that he's going to have, or just maybe get exposed. That could be also another thing. I mean, a lot of, a lot of guys get a bigger, uh, like a, a bigger job and just don't do that well with it. So, um, yeah, I, I, it could be, could be one or the other. Well, we're going to find out soon enough. I'll tell you that. Cause, um, I like, I like Dvorak as a player and not just because of the name. Cause I always liked Radic Dvorak, but <laughs> it's, I, I, he's, he's, he's a good player. And on this um, episode of NHL players with the same last name, not related to each other. <laughs> well, the best is whenever you see the ones that are uh, are related to somebody going, oh, my God. I remember watching his dad as a rookie and I was in high school. So William uh, Nylander. Yes, William <laughs> Nylander. For Alex Nylander. <laughs> oh. All right. And when we were together the other day, we had NHL Network on and they had their – Top 50 players right now. We understand all these lists are subjective and can be changed at a moment's notice. Mikhail McCarr was number 13. Yeah. That's too high. Um, um, I'm buying everybody around on this. Yeah, you can go ahead first. I don't even know where Adam Fox was. So I'm not even comparing uh, Adam yeah. Fox to Mikhail McCarr. You know, one's got the hardware, one didn't. Yeah, one, one's got the hardware. And, you know, everybody's going to turn around and say, oh, well, Kale McCarr had a better 2020 than Adam Fox did, and and, and he won the Calder. And, and and Kale McCarr puts up all these points. Well, yeah, does, does Kale McCarr play defense the same way that Adam Fox does? Oh, but he had Ryan Graves, and Adam <laughs> Fox has Ryan Lindgren. Well, too bad. Because Cal McCarr, his defensive lapses are part of the reason why that Chicago, I mean, Chicago, Colorado can't get over the cup. I'm talking about Chicago for whatever reason. I don't even know why. But, I mean, Cal McCarr, as great of a point producer as he is, and he probably will win a Norris in the very near future, he will. Uh, he, he's still not a great defender. He's not. And the, the, if the eye test, the metrics, they, you could see it. You could just see it. And, and that's, uh, to me, I, I, if you can't put 13. All right, so let's just brainstorm right now 13 players that you would take on your team, regardless of position, over Cal McCart. Okay. I can think of 13 off the top of my head pretty damn easily. You want all right, me to do you want to alternate or you want to, do you want to go one for one or you want to? One for one. I'll, I'll, okay. I'll start. McDavid. McKinnon. Dreisaitl. Uh, Pernarin. Crosby. Hedman. Malkin. Braden Point. Ovechkin. Nikita Kucherov. And Ovechkin was 17 right there, by the way. Yeah, Ovechkin was 17, yeah. Um, I mean... Rantanen. Who was a four, uh, 14, I believe, for 14, just below yeah. him. Um, there's lots of guys we're missing too. We know this. Um, there's one, Alexander Barkov. Oh, and since we're in Florida, Jonathan Huberdeau. Yeah, I mean, it, there's 
Uh, I mean, Sebastian Ajo, I believe, was 21. I would I would take him over Kale McCarr. Uh, I probably way, would, also, too. And by the way, it's also because, uh, look, centers are just going to be more important to the game. That's just what everything is. Everything goes through the centers. It says something when Gordy Howe and uh, Bobby Orr are mentioned among the greatest players of all time because centers are usually the play drivers everywhere. That's Adam why Fox. Adam Fox, who won the Norris. I mean, we, were, we talked about Mika Zibanejad and went, eh, we'll give him some credit. But this is also sometimes where I go, look, the Canadian press, guys, open up your eyes a little bit more. We uh, haven't and even again, talked about goaltenders. Andre Vasilevsky. Andre Vasilevsky, who can completely Connor change Hellen. around a series. I mean, we didn't even talk about Mark Scheifele, who you know I always uh, have the That's little hope for. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. That's a close one for me. Yeah. So, again – and again, well, Kellen McCarr is only third-year player, second-year player? Uh, third-year. Third-year, okay. So, I mean, plenty of time for him to win Norris trophies, guys. Don't worry about that. Yeah, I, I, that, do. This I, kid, I agree. This kid is that good, and his defense is going to improve too. And he's not a train wreck either defensively. Don't get me wrong. I'm not comparing him. No, but say. he does leave a lot to be desired at this point. And that, right, that's, so you don't put him at 13. Yeah, I, I, so, I agree. Right. I, like I, I think I think on the list, Charlie Charlie Mac uh, Charlie McAvoy is uh, thirty one. Mika Zibanejad's thirty nine. Charlie McAvoy was ranked way too. Uh, you know what? Charlie McAvoy might have been ranked a little too low. I think Charlie McAvoy, for for my money, is probably a top five defenseman in the NHL right now. Oh, well, I, I know he's real good. I mean, I'm not arguing that. I, I'm biased Again, too because he's, he's a Long Beach guy. My family has connections to his, but. So, I, I oh, still think he's incredible. And by the way, I'm 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 clearly buying everybody around. Uh not too high. It's too high. Yeah. So uh let me just get rid of that. Well, that was the end of our bar talk segment, guys. But we want to know what you think about everything. Also, don't forget to listen to this idiot and like, share, and subscribe. Um, is Morgan Barry gonna make the team? Is it Daniel Char gonna play 60 games? You think Kale McCarr is rated too way too high? Um well, you know, we kind of lulled some people to sleep, but uh, talking about Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson in the CBA for a little bit. Um, but uh, And do you think uh, Brady Kachuk's going to miss some time? Throw it all down in the comments below, guys. Like, share, subscribe. Mm, yes. Or favor. <laughs> also, again. Um... <laughs> Where's our favorite Mohawk Islanders fan? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and Eichel too. I I gotta I gotta put Eichel ahead of him. That's another one. Oh, uh, by the way, thanks for reminding me. Uh, I've been holding on to this video clip for a while. I haven't been able to get rid of it. So, uh, here we go. Hey, Sabres fans, Rick Harrison here for Pawn Stars, and I know you want a high return for Jack Eichel, but the best I could do is a prospect in a billboard. That's that's it. I mean, that's the deal. Yeah, because when you have no leverage, that is the deal. Oh. oh, doing everything we can to trigger Sabres fans. Yeah, yeah, no, my friend Sue is gonna is gonna come to the bar and have some. Uh, <laughs> you know, oh, that's the one that was talking to me that one time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh God. All right, but uh, also, by the way, once again, check out Hattrick Apparel, guys. Uh, that'll be on the end of every uh, short video as well. 
we are already up to our um, editorials because we had only one honest press conference today, and he's not here. So, unless you feel like beans is dinner, Char. So, uh, so well, hey, how about this? Uh, I really, you- I really don't have. Uh, I don't. I, I don't know. I'll leave that one for Anthony. That that's yeah. We'll leave that one for Anthony for next. Yeah. Week. Uh, I mean, we're going to get honest press conferences again, guys. Don't worry. Yeah, well, I mean, we're a little short right now, but you know what? During the season, the storylines are going to write themselves for us, and and you'll obviously be able to see them. And you know what? We'll watch press conferences as well, and we'll be able to take our own little spins on those press conferences, and we'll have a shit ton of fun with them. I'm telling you, yeah, yeah. So. There's, there's plenty of time for all the storylines to be written. Oh so. yeah. Um, but we got a very special on the mark. This prediction that's right up here. Uh, being single most of my life. I just yell at Larry Brooks like every other New York Ranger. <laughs> that's still one of my favorite lines that I ever said. Which is, <laughs> just yell at Larry Brooks like every other New York Ranger has. But anyway, guys, um, the, so the preseason is upon us. And uh, I'm just going to take a moment to look back on fabled New York Rangers preseason stars of yesteryear. Whether it is Pavel Brendel, who had that exciting goal over Martin Brodeur's glove that everybody went, wow, this kid knows how to do it. Or seeing Ken Jernander 9,000 times or Daniel Gano or Jamie Ram and thinking, hey, maybe this kid can take over from Mike Richter one day. But that's what we're doing also right now. There's going to be plenty of guys that we're looking at. And fortunately, over the last five, 10 years. And there's been optimism when you're watching guys in the preseason, like Derek Stepan, as I mentioned last week, there are times for guys to just announce themselves and say, "Mm, yeah, I'm going to be a NHL player. And I still remember Derek Stepan picking the corner on, uh, I think it was Pascal Leclerc in Ottawa. And you're going, all right, nice. This kid, this kid's going to be in the NHL. There's also going to be some, at least one or two players that we're going to go. Really, this this guy's having a good preseason, and we're thinking he's going to be a big time player. Um, like I mean, I remember always uh, waiting and watching Christian Dubé in the in the preseason in the late '90s, and going, "Oh, gee, okay, is this is this kid going to get up?" And I think he had a total of two goals for the New York Rangers. Watching Mark Savard and being very excited for what the possibility was with him, and then the Rangers f- to move him to Calgary and then to Atlanta, and then him becoming an NHL star after that stop. So all the – and if you look at his stats as a New York Ranger in 1998, that kid was starting to bud. So um, it's – in sit back and enjoy what the preseason is. Don't try to put too much pressure on the guys and um, kind of just – you know, it, don't get too fixated by some players because some of them could be fool's gold. Uh, I I must have messed up something with the layout there. Sorry about that. Don't worry about that. But, that's um, got me. Yeah, um, you're definitely right about that. And that's why I, I was saying I don't put a lot of stock into preseason itself. Uh, there's just a lot of guys that – come in and they have really good preseasons and then you really 
don't, um, you know, you don't hear much from them after that. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I like preseason just because I, I like to see the kids and how they play at that level. That's really what I uh, like to uh, look for that. But I, I definitely agree with you. I remember seeing the Christian Dubays and stuff like that. And Jamie Ram, God, that's a blast. I mean, we're going back to the times where we thought Stefan Cherneski was the next big scoring winger for the Rangers. Remember that name? Yeah, Jesus. That knee oh, injury was horrific. I mean, um, and sometimes you, you are seeing those guys with potential. This is, the, this is the great part is you're seeing them with their potential and then going, this this guy could be something special. But then it doesn't materialize once you get NHL players in and the game is speeding up. Um, because that's one thing I look at with, say, for instance, Nils Lundqvist with um, the rookie games. Or uh, once that that's going to be the slower pace. Uh, when the NHL players are in there, that's going to be a faster pace. And passes are going to be better. Um well, for starters, the ice is going to be a lot better. Uh, Nils took the puck up on the power play on a rush and then lost it behind him and then had to, like, reach back and go get it. That's at a practice facility. That's not at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, um, exactly. So there's there's a lot that, that's going to go into that. Um, and, again, I'm not trying to shit on some guys that didn't make the NHL. The worst thing I, I, that you didn't make is uh, a star in the NHL. It's just – be, be aware of it. It's there. There are guys. We're gonna see them. Go. That's gonna be the guy. You fall in love with them, and then that's it. Because look, we always want to buy stocks when they're low, and and watch them blossom into Apple or uh, or Tesla. But it's <laughs> it's sometimes it's it, it's not meant to be. And then you get a guy like take for instance like um like uh. And again, I'm, I'm not shitting on players, but uh, Anthony Duclair. Anthony Duclair, I looked at him and thought this guy is going to be an impact winger. And the Rangers, you hear something? What? Oh, my background is probably lawnmowers. Okay, yeah, that's what it is. Uh, so, like, I thought this kid was going to be a star. Then the Rangers traded him, and then and the next thing you knew, Pavel Buchnevich was coming in and going, all right, he's pretty good. And Anthony's had a, a modest NHL career. I mean, he's probably one of the better prospects to come out of the Rangers in the last 10 years that they traded away. And yeah. I always kind of make the comment, if you're trading away prospects and they're not developing elsewhere, then you're doing the right thing. say something about your talent evaluators. But yeah. Then, yeah, how'd you, how'd you select them in the first place? But on the other hand, it's great to see when you get guys like, say, see, because uh, – I was more familiar with Ryan Callahan from the regular season the year before. Brendan Dubinsky, I watched him in the preseason. I think he didn't he wear like fifty four or something like that. Yeah, game? he wore he wore like he came up with the Rangers in the 06-07 season for the very first time. And he played a, a, a few games at the end of that season. Ryan Callahan, I believe, wore forty three, and Dan Girardi, I think, wore forty six. So I mean yeah. it, the. The numbers that you get in, in these times are, are are pretty weird. Like Jesper Fast, when he was Jesper Fast, Fast with yeah. the th and not Jesper Fast. So, uh, 
you know that that's another thing. The, the names sometimes even change. They're European. They get them. They get Americanized. So yeah, you know, I always right. think of the Rage Against the Machine line from No Shelter: Americanized, Americanized, view the world from Americanized. So, but um, yeah, it, it's it's a it's a different it's a different feel. It's a, it's a different pace. It's, it's a different, it's different all around, like you said, and you know, you don't want to buy too much into it. That's why I temper my expectations. I, I temper my, my whole attitude when it comes to preseason. And, and really part of it is I'm just happy to have hockey back. Yeah. I'm happy to have hockey back. And also, um, and again, by the way, I, I think, I can, I can almost think back to uh, 1995, I believe it was, watching preseason games uh, really for the first time in my life uh, because we, I, we actually had MSG and I was watching the games. And the Islanders had a win where I believe Wade Redden assisted to Todd Bertuzzi for the game winner. All that sentence can make you nauseate when you think about it. But you're going, all right, and, and you're starting to think, well, that's going to translate to the regular season. They got this coach, Mike Milbury, is pretty good. The Islanders were the worst team in the NHL. Wait, wait, wait. Redden? Yeah, Wade Redden. I, oh, wait. No, wait, no. Are you on this? No, 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 no. I don't think that I don't think that could have happened like that. Because Redden, Redden was traded for uh Berard, I think right after the draft. January. Oh trade in January. Uh uh Redden went back. He played the preseason with the Islanders, went back to his junior team. Berard went back to his junior team. And then uh they, they flipped him in January. And somehow Marty Straka was in that deal to come back to the yeah. Islanders. And then Marty Straka ended up playing I do remember Marty Straka as an Islander for a very, very, very brief period. And then Marty Straka ended up going to Florida was a part of Florida's 96 team that went to the Stanley Cup Finals, and he scored a big goal against Pittsburgh, funny enough, in that series. Uh, so you remember in the Stanley Cup Finals, uh, I think he had one assist. And yes. you remember uh, you remember the former Ranger that scored that goal? Radek Dvorak. Ray Shepard. Oh, shit. For... Yeah. Ah. One of two guys to continue his 30-goal his, uh, season in uh, 95. So Ray, Ray yeah, Shepard, there you go. All people, the yeah. I, you know what? I, it's funny because I, I always forget that he was a former Ranger, but uh, yeah, Anthony still still going in with the Islander stuff. Ariana, by the way, again, you know, uh, another Ryan one. Haggerty. There's another, another one. one. I mean, there was a guy you're, you're just going, or even, I mean, to a lesser extent, Ryan Malone. Um, when, when he was in, and I think he had like four or five goals in the preseason, he didn't like, he was, he was gone pretty quickly. Uh, I just can't remember if that was 2013 or 2015, because unfortunately all the years have blended together, but, um, <laughs> give me one more. Skin mark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, actually now that you mention it. I think I still got this. Uh, this is an official Jamie Lundmark autograph. <laughs> Somebody gave it to me about four or five months ago. Wow. I'm share that for the channel. Uh, it's a shame because I, I, I like them. It's just 
it never materialized. But uh, uh yeah, and speaking of which, I mean, we kind of funny enough <laughs> we we forgot to talk about this. Don't uh, forget, I was saving it for the uh for the other stuff. Oh, okay. So, well, yeah, Travis Zajac uh, retired as a devil. Um, oh, wait, wait, hold on. Hold on. Before we do that. Uh, hey, guys, by the way, don't forget to give us a like, uh, like, share, and subscribe. Can you think of any other New York Rangers preseason stars that you remember, or even October hockey stars? And, again, I mentioned Daniel Gano is the one. I, 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 I can think of an October hockey star. I would actually call him Mr. October. Um, but not for the preseason. Hey, Johnny. Um, I called him NHL's Mr. October because you'd always score in October and disappear after that was Brian Savage. (laughs) That man could score a 40 goal season. Yeah. A while ago, he, he was a guy that could score in October and the rest of the season was just, uh, a mystery. Every year for that guy. So, um, yeah, that was that was my Mr. October in the NHL. Yeah. Um, Brendan Dubinsky, I think he had a 10-goal month in October one year for the Rangers. I think that was 23. Brian Boyle, 2011. 20, yeah. 2010, 2011. Wow, that's actually two of them then because Dubinsky was the same thing that year because I remember that being the year that he beat out Gabrick and goals. And the other thing Gabbard about Gabbard that year, though. yeah, oh, had like, I think like 23 goals or something like that. And he had eight of them in two games because he had two four goal games that year, I believe. Uh, he had two hat tricks and a four goal game. Okay, that's it. All right, that yeah. was it. Was worse, it was 10 one, goals. The four goal game, I believe, was against Toronto, correct? Yeah, so yeah. I, I just remember he had the shoulder injury, and then he came back the next year and blew the friggin' roof off the league, and he had his other 40-goal season as a Ranger. Yeah. I mean, Tortorella rode him like a horse, but that's what uh, got him. Gonna, Johnny's looking to see uh, if he can get notices to, as to when we do these. So, um, Always, it should be under your YouTube. Just hit the bell, and that'll always send you the notices when they come on. This one was kind of a bit of a, a late one um, when we posted that because we only we were only able to schedule it last night uh, at about like eleven thirty. So uh, we are going to have yeah. You just set your alerts to all. That's what Granny's saying. It's you, you hit the. It's right next to the. The subscribe. There's a bell sign. Um. Yeah, his five goal game versus the Rangers. That was when it was with Minnesota. Minnesota. That was, that was his ridiculous. last year in Minnesota. Oh, that was ridiculous. Oh no, I'm sorry. That wasn't his last year in Minnesota. It was 2008 that he had that. So. But uh. uh uh, no, uh, I did not see Bobby on uh, last last Wednesday. He uh, he didn't play, so we we played a we played a bunch of twenty uh, year old little snots, and uh, <laughs> I nothing makes you feel feel forty three than playing against twenty year olds. And also, by the way, not warming up, and because I forgot of all things my my hockey shorts back at my my house. So I had to drive back at it and then go back out. 
But let's just say I played like crap. So, uh, so again, anybody in the Lightning hearing this, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, actually, or it, uh, maybe not like crap. I made three bad plays. None of them ended up in the back of the net. So, again, thank you, Danny, for saving my ass. So, um, all right. So now we're going to move on. Now we're going to move on completely from that instead of my rambling incoherent nonsense. John was just mentioned about Travis Zajac retiring with the New Jersey Devils today. Um, that guy was a player. He was a good player. And yeah. You could only hope that, that ah, you're you're the man. You're the man. And that's but you're not, you're not playing against twenty year olds, right, Johnny? Um. Because that's yeah, the reason why I, I still, I I still need the inspiration to get out there. I have I have two of my teammates. I'm still one of the younger guys on my team. I'm not even that old. I'm probably in the middle. I know that there's at least five guys that are older than me. So, um, Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> 200, 203 goals and uh, – 552 career points for Zajac in 1,037 career games. Um, went to the finals once. He uh, finished top 10 in the Selkie voting twice in 2009 and 10. He had two 20-goal, 60-point seasons in 2009 and 2010. Um, he was a good player. He, he was a guy that he – was, he was a leader on the team. He was uh, – he was a guy who would step up when it would uh, when you needed a big defensive play, when you needed a hit, when you needed a big penalty kill, a big faceoff win. Travis Ajax was one of those guys that helped you win games. Simple as that. Was he a, a great, great, like, you know, like a legendary type player? No, obviously not. But I mean, he's gonna he's gonna get a hero's welcome when uh, they decide to honor him at the Prudential Center. So, and good for him. He deserves it. Class yeah. act. Big community guy, um, definitely somebody that uh, a lot of players should aspire to be. Like, guy handled himself well on and off the ice. So, congrats and, to a great career for him. And I mean, one reason why we talked about this before uh, in our group chat, uh, Anthony was like a little bit surprised given how close the Islanders are. But the the guy wasn't going to get any playing time, I think. But after Zach Parise signed, it, yeah. It was, it was not going to happen. Uh, by the way, everybody, just a quick update. As uh, especially if you're listening to us on iTunes or Spotify, you could always do that. Um, as Phil said, who does he think of when he thinks about Mister October? Brian Savage. Brian Savage had 192 career goals in 674 games. 44 of them. In the month of October, in 87 games played. I told you. I told you he was Mr. October. I mean, his goals per game he uh, was, was, was 0.5, basically, in the month of October. The rest of his career, 35 in November, that's in 116 games. December, 18 and 101 um, yep. for a goal score. 34 and 99 in January, 16 and 70 in February, 25 and 137, and 20 in six in um in April. 
And he so scored he, none in May. He's literally like a, a 15 to 20% guy in the other months. And he's a 50.50 guy in October. Told you. He, amazing. That, that's it's amazing. Was, man. I mean, all, and that's sometimes you just feast on guys um, that you just, you, you just feast on guys. And and that's what it is. <laughs> oh, Johnny, this is great. I'll play against anyone that lets me. Uh, I'm going, I'm going, he's got three sons and none of his sons can score. That's right. You make him earn it. You make him earn it. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I I hope so. Um, I know you could always pick pick your team, <laughs> Sean. They call me Mister Off Season. Yeah, yeah. Um, Hank officially already retired, but then again, he was in Sweden, so I don't know if he can come out of retirement just to 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 do that. Um, there's. Uh, cause after all, like, by the way, you make, you make somebody earn it against you. You don't just give it to them. That being said, I always let my niece win whenever I play Candyland with her. So, and there's only so many games of Candyland you could throw people, uh, there's, or, or play in general. Um, but like that goes back to the, uh, booing in sports conversation. You're like, oh, you shouldn't boo or whatever. Yankee fans booing, uh, Garrett Cole this weekend. Yes, because you're down 7-1 to the Indians yesterday. You're getting paid $35 million to be an ace. I, I don't booed. think they're necessarily just booing Garrett Cole. I think they were just, they were booing the, the state of this team after going on a 13-game win streak and then losing to some of the teams they've been losing to since. Like, it, oh. the, the efforts have been pathetic. Yeah. I mean, it, it's probably been so pathetic you could call them the Mets. <laughs> Um, but, uh, hold on. Where are the Yankees in the wild card? Sorry about wasting your time with those guys. Back now. They're now in a game and a half back. They're missing the playoffs. It's over. Uh, they even might get back in at one point this week, but after this, they got, I know they got Boston and I know they got Tampa there. That's, that's, that's not going to be an easy road. But again, that's what happens. You know what you want to, you want to get paid the big money. You come to the big city. You get that, and it's it's really that simple. You can't just yeah. you can't just go. Well, I, I want to be treated nicely because ever because ever since um, Javier Baez complained about that, and then got the fan backlash, he's been hitting four eighteen. You, you hear us booing you then? The Yankees get three games against Texas, three against Boston, three against Toronto, and three against Tampa. They ain't making it. No. So. And you know what? I like I said. I, I hope this team doesn't make the playoffs because Hal Steinbrenner is going to lose out on playoff revenue money, and that's the only way we're going to see changes. Because if something affects his bottom line, that's when he's going to be forced to make a change, and, right. and that's what this team needs right now. They need an overhaul. Uh, going back to this, uh, piss me off, Yankees. Piss me off. Yeah. And I know, I know, Honestly, I know. I can't deal. say anything. I'm a Yankee fan. I've heard it from Dave. I'm a Yankee fan. I can't say anything. The Mets have about what? You can't say anything about what? The, the Yankees, because oh, the, it's the Mets. Yeah. What? 
So what? Look, we could have we can have our biases. We could wear a fandom on our sleeve, but we could also be impartial. Phil and I are proving that with our Islander segments. So it's um and uh bias of Lindor has definitely been better since thumbs down incident. Lindor, I'm I'm just tossing up uh Francesca Lindor as we're getting back to hockey in one second, guys. Uh as Carlos Beltran uh, two thousand five all over again. Back to hockey. Um by the way, we're we're we'll we'll want to take any questions right now. Uh because if probably about twenty minutes away from not going to the gym today. So <laughs> it's um, yeah, we'll definitely wrap it up soon. Yeah, yeah, we are. We're we're multifaceted, Joe. We're multifaceted, but no, Beltran two thousand and six had forty one home runs. Beltran in two thousand and five, I believe, had fifteen or sixteen. Yeah, that first year as a Met was a disappointment for Beltran. I remember that. Delgado had a big year that year, though. Yeah, but he had a big year in Florida. He was in Florida for that. In 2005? 2005. The Mets went after him. They tried to recruit him, and they they gave him the whole sales pitch. He actually felt a little bit offended because it was Omar Minaya, and he he felt like they were trying to do some uh, Latin players uh, sales pitch to him. And then he ended up becoming a Met the very next year and having a huge year with the Mets. Carl Zagato was a great player. Um, You're right. Yeah. Florida yeah. in 2005. Yeah. Cause they got him and LaDuca in that, in that trade. That was Florida's last hurrah for them as a, as um trying to really compete. And then after that, they tore it down and then Joe Torre won manager of the year. So, uh, but again, just, um, Looking at the Rangers, the, the other thing I, I can't help but think about is where Gallant's going to move everybody in the lineup. Kreider and Zibanejad have pretty good chemistry, but are you willing to risk that for Alexei Lafreniere? And my answer is yes. Yeah, you have to at this point. You you yeah. can't. You can't. I, I'm going to say this, and whatever you think of it, that's fine. Whoever is watching, listening, I, it's whatever. But Alexi Lafreniere has to be this team's top winger with Mika Zibanejad. When you lose a play driver like Pavel Buchnevich, you need somebody that can carry that puck, that can help facilitate offense. Chris Kreider has shown us throughout his NHL career that he is not that type of player. He is not Alexi a puck possession Lafreniere player. has the talent. Yeah. He has I the talent think, to do it. I actually think uh, here's two, two of my predictions that I will make specifically for Chris Kreider. Uh Number one, he'll be moved down to the third unit to play with Barkley Goudreau. And um, the uh, I also think he's going to be the team's next captain. That's just what I think is going to happen. Uh, maybe I'm wrong on, on both. I'm okay with that. Uh, by the way, uh, just to go back for baseball once before we answer John's uh, question right there. Uh, Dave, nobody was swinging at that curveball. <laughs> there was that, 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 that at bat for Beltran. I know every bad fan hates that at bat. That at bat was fastball you're taking. Uh, I think he fouled back the curveball and he was right on it. And that other curveball, 
I still buckle my knees. And I've seen that, that replay for the last 14 years. Um, yeah, it's, and they wouldn't, and I, I give Beltran a pass on that. Um, oh, wait, sorry. I went to the wrong one. Yeah. Out of the young players, you, you were clicking it too. Yeah. Out of the young players, which one do you think will have the chance to make the NHL roster? Let's say that we're going to take two names out of that list, John. Okay. Nils Lundqvist is one of them, and Morgan Barron's the other. Yeah. Those are the two. Other than yeah. those, do we have a dark horse? Wow. Um, I, I, I got to tell you, Will Cooley did a lot to improve his stock. I just don't think he makes it right now. I think he's got some other things he's got to work on. Um, but, yeah, um, I, I, I think that Will Cooley maybe in a year could end up being on this team's roster, and I think they're going to need some wingers. Um, Brennan struggled a little bit in camp. Um, he had some good plays at times. Uh, and I think Lori Pioneemi might be a year away. I think Lori Pioneemi. Um, um, don't quote me on this, but I think there is a possibility that he could maybe see some time with the NHL roster by the end of the season, especially if there's an injury or some sort. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really think that Lori Pioneemi might be a bit closer than people think. Um, Libor Hayek should probably never see NHL ice ever again. I don't know why they resigned. Well, him. not as a New York Ranger. That's that's for certain. I mean, yeah. who knows? He might go somewhere and resurrect his career elsewhere. Um, At was- this this point, I, I got to bring this up because this just Ariana is just one hundred percent on the mark with this. Yes, I used it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, Mika and Butchnevich did suffer from Kreider's lack of top-line skill to be a, 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 a play driver and facilitator. And I, I wouldn't say it's hockey IQ because I, I think his, his overall hockey IQ isn't great. It's gotten better over the years, and he's good at what he does. But the rest of his game lacks. Like, he lacks being able to – to be a facilitator, to be able to drive the play, and his play away from the puck is kind of like, I won't say it's bad, but it's not great. It's kind of, meh, all right, okay. You know, but uh, I would, and and again, ties into, which ties into this part is, I'm pretty sure you're probably just about to click on this yourself, but Kreider should be on the third line, and that's what I said. And the only reason why I think Vitaly Kravtsov might end up being on that third line with Kreider and uh, Filipino is because Filipino is not a, uh, he's not necessarily a great play driver and facilitator himself. And I think Vitaly Kravtsov can help get the best out of those two. So you might be looking at a Barkley Goodrow on your second line type situation because Barkley Goodrow might have to take that Jesper Fast role with Strom and Panarin. Now, the argument also always is um, who should be the Rangers captain. And one of the things that you you always talk about is it doesn't always have to be the best player, everybody. Uh, Eric Fair was a captain for the Capitals before Alexander Ovechkin was. When they no, were I think that was Chris Clark, actually. No, you're, we're both right. It's both of us. 
Uh, there were because Eric Fair was a captain, I believe, in 2012. Um, but yeah, because Ovechkin wasn't a captain until like much later on. We'll we'll go look that up right now. Um, the or you could do that right now as I'm jabbering my nonsense. Uh, but one thing that was brought up, uh, and I'm gonna quote again, Statboy Steven, was every prospect that he interviewed said the first call that they got from the New York Rangers other than that they were drafted was from Chris Kreider. And that's a guy that's, he's taking the leadership off the ice and it could get, it, it could be something that's rewarding him now um, with something on the sweater. The Rangers have had uh, an American captain the last three times. Um, and you don't you usually assign it to a guy that's been in the room. Uh, can they go for co-captains? I can't remember the last time they had co-captains. That's how long ago that's been. Uh, Eric Fair, I don't think, was ever a captain. Wasn't? thought he was a captain. No. In- no. Chris Chris Clark was the, the last captain of the Capitals, I believe, before o- Ovechkin. Yeah. All right. But again, lots of teams have captains that you're like um, – you, that you don't expect them, them to be the captain. For instance, Phil, who's the first American captain to hoist the Stanley Cup? First American-born captain to hoist a Stanley Cup. Time period. By the way, who the fuck is Chris Clark? <laughs> Chris Clark was with Calgary years before. Yeah, I know. That. I'm just now more annoyed. I had Eric Fair in my head. It should have been Chris Clark. Yeah. Um, no, Medano was not captain when he won the Stanley Cup. Darian Hatcher was the captain. Was Darian Hatcher the f- no? Darian Hatcher couldn't have been the fair, first American-born captain. Was it Darian Hatcher? I'd be Darian Hatcher. It's Darian Hatcher because because he was the captain. And there weren't American captains, many American captains on any team. Darian Hatcher was a captain. By the way, you can Google it. I did it. I did it a few years ago. Uh, the captain before Callahan was Chris Drury. So yeah, it was Darian Hatcher. Holy shit! Yeah, but it's Darian Hatcher. So again, it wasn't Mike Madano, who is clearly wow. the captain right there. Uh, Dustin Brown might be the first one to do it twice, but no, yeah, Dustin Brown wasn't. Hatcher did it in '99, and he was the first. Dustin Brown is the first two-time uh, American-born captain to win the Stanley Cup, and it doesn't happen that often. Where, say, for instance, a guy gets a uh, a Stanley Cup. Um, sorry, I, sorry, that's. Uh, I don't think Barkley Goudreau's an ex-captain, Sean. I'm sorry. Yeah. So I honestly think you're looking at one of two players right now, and I'll give you a dark horse for a third. Okay. I think you're looking at Kreider or Truba, and I think the dark horse for the third is Ryan Lindgren. Those are all. Those are all players I would. I wouldn't mind. And if anybody saw Artemi Panarin's Instagram live video, it was translated. Um, 
he basically declined to be the captain because he said that his he didn't think his English was good enough and he didn't think that the the best player on the team necessarily <laughs> needed to be the captain. Um, uh, hey. Welcome, Chris G. Welcome, Alyssa. Um, but, yeah, I don't think that um, – I, I think it needs to be – I think it needs to be Kreider. He's the longest-tenured Ranger. It just – it just would work. And also, by the way, it softens the blow to move him down the lineup. So, yeah, that's that's just what I think with that. It's is where it's okay if you move him down the lineup. And again, I will reiterate, president of the Chris Kreider fan club. But you know what? It, it comes a time where you got someone else, some other kid just jumping ahead of you. And yes, Ziv can yeah. use it for negotiating. That does that would play into a factor. You also don't yeah, want to. Uh, that's actually a good point, Chris. Um, I I do think that it's a it's a lot harder to move your your captain or to walk away in a contract negotiation from them at that point. So, but I I do think that it's going to be one of Kreider or Truba, and I think that once those no movement clauses are gone, I think. Fox and Lafreniere should be ready by then. And I think one of those two guys will end up being captain. I think it's probably going to be Lafreniere. Um, here's somebody I wouldn't sleep on. And I, I know Stephen has, Stephen and I have spoken about this. Nils Lundquist. And uh, I'm sorry. Captain? The, the actual the actual pronunciation is Niels Lundquist. Okay. Lundquist. So, yeah. Um Lundqvist uh, to be the captain uh, because what other 20-year-old has worn a letter for the, the men's Swedish national team or, or any men's national team at that age? It's a very, very, very short list of players if you look at it. So uh, Nils will and- – uh, and Chris, I again, I'm gonna just highlight this, and yeah, and I am right with him on that. If you heard his prospect interview when he was up there talking, like you, you wouldn't know that kid's 21. That's you. You think he's like 39? And I've met him. Age. I've met him. Yeah. So, but um. You want a you want a weirder one, Ziga? Jeff Odgers, Atlanta Thrashers. <laughs> Is that all effing show for the win, baby? <laughs> Beat Jeff Odgers. Beat Jeff Odgers. Jeff Odgers. on me, buddy. Jeff Odgers. Uh, we got. Uh, I mean, nah, Bookberger was actually a decent player. Odgers was nothing more than a fighter, Ziga. Sorry, but you're not one of that one. I mean, was Steve Ott a captain in in, in Buffalo? Steve like, Ott was still... a guy who had a 20 goal season. Yeah. What do you win if Goudreau becomes captain? Um, well, if you make your way up here, I'd buy you a round. But you're, <laughs> uh, you're, 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 you're quite a bit away, Sean, so you got to make your way up here. Oh, where's Dirk, Sean from? Uh, Virginia. Oh, okay. Uh, Dirk Graham is a good one, but he was actually a good checker and a Selkie winner, I believe. 
Uh, I'm still trying to think of it. Odd Captain. Kelly Kissio, mediocre. No, Kissio uh, was actually a, a, a decent player. And right. he was the last one to wear number 11 before Mark Messier. That is correct. Regularly, I should say, Adam Graves wore it for like a game. Yeah. Let's... I always love those ones where you're like, oh, you're wearing it regularly. Oh, yeah, thanks. Uh, oh. Trying to think of a yeah, weird Dark Ram won the Selkie in 1991. So you, you, you can't say that Odgers uh, or, or Dirk Graham is a more, is a, a worse uh, or a more odd captain pick, I should say. We're no, 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 Will. We're we're not we're not talking about best captains. We're we're talking about the most odd picks for captains. Yeah, or worst. Yeah. Uh. So, so who is who do you have for an odd pick for a captain? Throw it down in the comments below. Throw it out in the comments. Throw right. it out in the comments. We always we always got to say that too, and you got to get used to that, and also. With yeah, listening. I gotta start seeing it more too. I'm yeah, because I never think about that, and also I, it's the yeah people turn this on and just watch. Uh, although uh, Rick, I do uh, need to um, update the chapter markers all the time for you now, so you know to skip over the Islanders statements. <laughs> Some of the guys say that they go, "Oh, I don't want to listen to the Islanders stuff." Okay, there's, I'll make sure there's a chapter marker. Um, who do you think? This is from Granny again. Who do you think out of the people who have been on the team who will have the breakout year? Breakout year? Uh, I'm looking at, at, at two guys in specific. Uh, I'm looking at Lafreniere and Kako. Uh, and I think even Kravtsov could possibly have one. But I, I think it's going to be Lafreniere and Kako. I think 100% it's going to be Kako Kapo. Uh, I think he's going to be playing top six minutes, and I think he probably might even end up being in that top line. Kapokako had a statement, and again, we we keep referring it back to our buddy Steve, but it's he's got the quote. He there's a, a Finnish article that he had where Kako said, "I make a mistake, I get berated. Somebody else made the same mistake, and they got a pat on the back." Oh, it's, it's just, like the Gordon Ramsay game. It's yeah, the Gordon Ramsay meme. Yeah. yeah I'm, with, I'm, with and, and again, I'm paraphrasing. That wasn't what Oh, the quote you're was. cute when they mess up. And then the adults, what are you when you mess up? An idiot sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's it, it's one where it's, um, you, you can't, then with Quinn gone, that's gone. If you're going to get yelled at, you're going to get yelled at. I mean, John Tortorella, he actually used to, used to like, Put the pressure on his top guys and ease up on the bottom guys. And I, I actually think that's usually the way to go. Like, I mean, oh, my boss gives me an earful plenty of times. Yes. 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 And, and again, and it's it's just when it comes to guys like these, you know, going back to this comment, uh, this comment to the, for, the, for the question, Kako is going to have so much of a weight lifted off of his back. He's going to get a clean start. And a lot of his metrics, except for goals and assists, which are the only ones fans care about, but all the Sabre metrics are saying this kid's going to be something big. So I can't wait to see what he's going to do. I really can't. And if and if he does blossom the way we think he does into uh, Mika Rantanen 2.0, which is really – I'm trying to think of what other player to, uh, to compare him to. 
But uh, yeah, yeah Miko Rantanen's a really good one. <laughs> yeah, but that's you're getting compared to Miko Rantanen, and that's a damn good player. But yeah. uh, yeah, no, and and Lafreniere is gonna be is is just gonna be good. I, I have I have no doubt Lafreniere is gonna take off as well this year. But again, taking off 50 points a piece, that's a little bit much to ask on. If you get 50 points a piece out of those two and you get like 30 to 40 out of Kraftsoff, you're you're replacing Pavel Butchnevich's offense. Yeah. Now what it's on is it's on guys like Philip Heedle at that point to take another step. It's on guys like um, the defense, really, to kind of take a step. But again – the the defense looked good under Jock Martin last year, and that's that's a concern for me. Uh, they got rid of a guy that I, I I don't know if I would have gotten rid of if I were them. So, um, but I think Keandre Miller will probably take another step this year. I, I think having Jacob Truba there, you know, for a full year healthy will help them. I think Ryan Lindgren not being out for um, an extended period of time at the end of the season will help them as well. So, but again, what Lafreniere showed you at the end of last year shows me that he's ready for that increase. And I think that if he would have gotten the minutes and the power play time, hello, let's move Ryan Strom off the far side boards on power play one so we have yeah. more shooters, please, for yeah. the love of God. And and again, that's the reason why when you get Ranger fans that are talking about uh, – that, that, that they go, well, why do we hate on Ryan Strom? Because I do, I do think when you remove him from the right side, the right side boards, and then could, could he still be that player on power play too? That's the question. And it's sooner or later, that position is going to go to either Kako or Kratzoff or Lafreniere. That's either power play one or power play two. Take your pick. So then is, does he have a position anywhere else? That's, that's, Always where I have the question. And the truth is, the coaching staff and the players are the ones that always make that answer. Fortunately, we don't have to worry about that. No. Um, and by the way, uh, Dave, yeah, it was 89 the year that L.A. upset Edmonton. It was 89, yeah. Yeah. Um, here's a guy. I'm going to go back to Ariana's again. Um, I Is this... Is this a make or break for Filipino? I would say so, yeah. I, I think he has to show you something this year. Otherwise, I think he's traded after this year. And um, again, and again, it's it's not saying whether or not we don't like him or if he's a bust or anything. I think he's far from a bust, but I also think he's it, it, I think it just might be time for a change for of a scenery. And, yeah. and and the thing is, is that I'm going to bring the name up again, and I know you don't want to hear it, but Jack Eichel is – it looks like he's about to go to Sabres camp. Let's just say he plays, and he's he's close to himself. Mm -hmm. And the Rangers want to make that big deal come come the deadline. And they're, they're, looking, at, they're looking at him to get into the playoff – or to, to really kind of give them that, that shot to get up to that next level. If Filipino shows them enough, that's a big piece in a Jack Eichel trade at that point. You know? So uh, I I really I, I think especially and even if he even if he doesn't, you know, show them enough 
for the point where they want to keep him going forward, they move him in that trade if if Eichel's in play at the end of the year. So, yeah, that's and that's where you're kind of hoping on. Um, I just don't see any way that Eichel gets traded midseason. Yeah, I, I really... and Chris G brings up a good point. He did have a strong World Championships, and the World Championships they only mean they only mean uh, to to a certain point because it's not the very best of the very best. It's a little bit. It's kind of like a B squad type tournament, but it, it's still something to look at. It is. So. It is. It is. And I mean, it's not like it's the Olympics, but the World Championships usually that's where you see like a college kid that goes in there. Uh, I'll. Uh, I'm going to bring his name up again, Chris Kreider, who had a pretty good yeah. World Championships in 2011. Yeah. Um, but also it's you get those guys that didn't get noticed yet. Also, Matthews, of course, had a great world championships and the year he got drafted, uh, obviously Kako as well. Um, and sometimes it, it does let you know, these guys got something. They're not being correctly utilized. Actually, so. I'm going to point to the world championships as a turning point for a player. 2018 world championships. Team Sweden wins a gold medal. Henrik Lundqvist, probably the last great tournament performance of his career. But Mika Zibanejad, playing with Ricard Raquel, had himself a whopper of a tournament. And look at what that did for his career. Yeah. I mean, he was always kind of like number two center. And then he jumped to a number one. And he came out the next year and just... 30, 30 goals and 70 points. And we're like, okay, Mika Zibanejad is here to stay. Matt Zuccarello got traded the deadline. He's still at 30 goals and 70 points, 74 points, I believe. And then what did he do the next season? Led the league in goals per game and shot at that crazy 19.7% shooting percentage, you know? like. But Mika Zibanejad has been a better player since that 2018 World, uh, World Championship tournament. So now uh, I like this one that Chris puts in there is a uh, problem with, with lingering. He gets injured way too often. He's too reckless. And the follow-up comment of he blocks shots with his left eye. Yeah. Like, that, that's oh, where you please. stop to go. Yeah. No, we don't, we don't need you doing that. <laughs> yeah. Um, we don't need another Mark Stahl type injury. No, no. And by the way, thank God that after Mark Stahl, it's visors are mandatory. Yeah. That I believe Chara is like one of three players that doesn't have a visor. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, 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 it's just like the uh, when they grandfathered in the helmet rule. Craig McTavish was the very last one to not have to wear a helmet. That is correct. Yeah. Oh, Matt Martin too. I see that. Yeah. So. Really, Reeves doesn't have one, which is should be obvious. But yeah. it's only it's I'm only your rule. I'm not gonna lie. I'm very intrigued to see what Ryan Reeves does for this team. I, I really am. I, I think that he's gonna have a positive impact. I think Ryan Reeves' best um, contribution is going to be off the ice. Um, I think. I think he's going to be um, 
a personality for that locker room and something that everybody is just going to just gravitate to. Um, I'm okay with him playing 50. I'm okay with him playing 60 to 65 games and then against the more skilled teams that are more, you know, highly skate, you know, high, high tempo, up tempo skating teams, uh, sitting him in those games and then having him against your, your Washington's, your Pittsburgh's, your Boston's, your Islanders, you know, teams like that, that'll really throw their weight, uh, their weight around. So, yeah, um, I, I, I'm, I'm more than okay with that if that's what they end up doing with Reeves. I, I think Reeves probably plays between 65 and 70 games, maybe more. Yeah. And 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 again, that's what's fascinating about this, the Ranger makeup. One of our first uh, podcasts that we actually – it was really just Zoom calls back then uh, yeah. that we did. Uh, we did our we did our editorials for the first time, and, and I was just going – the Rangers never made a bottom six. They just kind of just acquired some players and went, all right, they're on, they're on the fourth line. This year they got a bottom six. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they're, they're going to be they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Um, and for all the people saying, "Oh, David Quinn got a raw deal," yeah, guess what? Should have done a better job. They were better without him. Their biggest their their team exploded offensively. Without their head coach, yikes! Even it though was exactly yeah. what I said when 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 it happened, uh, and I yep. said it on here, I said it. I said if that if that's not if that's not a damning if that's not a damning and alarming thing, then I don't know what is, because they absolutely came out like a bat out of hell. Yes, dropping a meatloaf reference here. Um, <laughs> yeah, so they they just. They came out like a house of fire, and they absolutely kicked the crap out of Philly. And then the four games that Quinn came back in, the two games against Buffalo and the two games against Washington, where they came out flat in all four games, lost that, that one late against uh, late against Washington on the two Ovechkin goals, back-to-back in the third, late in the third. And then they had that four-goal outburst in the third against Washington, won the next game, then barely beat Buffalo, and then lost to Buffalo. That to me, I knew Quinn lost the room right then and there. Yeah. The 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 performance under Knobloch was like okay, it's all but confirmed. I'm like ninety seven percent. Then those four games were were a hundred percent at that point. It's um, it it just was fascinating. Because I remember having to check my blood alcohol level because I went drinking in the afternoon okay, <laughs> on St. Patrick's Day. And I'm watching it, cutting together uh, everything. And, oh, by the way, we did our first ever uh, the Bar Talk segment called Beer Shot or I'm Buying Everyone. Yeah. And one of the first questions was, Mika Zibanejad will get to uh, 12 goals this season. And John said, I can't buy enough shots for this. And oh, Mika's Spanish dad passed, passed it by almost the end of the night. <laughs> Never mind anything else. Um, so, again, it's it, it, took a, it took him a week to eclipse all those numbers we had. So, again, it's it, it's it's fascinating to watch. And you know what? I got to say, one of, the th- one of the things I want to see this team react to I want to see them the first game against Vegas. 
in Vegas. And I want them to absolutely run Vegas out of the building because they want to win that game for for their coach. Yeah, if that's gonna that's gonna tell you how much they love their coach. If, if so, they go out there and they do that, or if they at least at the very least give you a convincing win, then you know that that Gallant's got that team. About yeah, water. and no. and I mean, by the way, if they lose to Vegas, Vegas is a good team. So whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it, you want to see that effort. You want to see them do that. So I can't and. Uh, when is that game? Uh, that's a great question. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, I'd have to take a look at the schedule. I don't have the schedule. Uh, I have it readily available, fortunately, because I mm. have no life. Um, <laughs> uh, it's January. Uh, it's January eighth again. Jesus, they always play them on January eighth. That's a Thursday really in January. January I, 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 you know what? I might consider going out there for that, but. Uh, but the problem is I have to be on a plane immediately to get back to New York. Oh God. Why can't I ever have vacation time? That's the life of a bartender guys. Uh, until I'm making money on that. Uh, Chris, we'll probably talk more about that another time. Um, but yeah, no, that would be a great, that would be a great game. And also by the way, of course, Ryan Reeves, but again, that, that, that wins going to be more for Gerard Gallant. Um, you know what, uh, Alyssa, uh, about David Quinn, I was I was totally fine with that. Uh, the guy that I wasn't crazy about firing, I really still don't like firing JD, but I wasn't crazy about firing Gordon. We 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 have that um that video of us reacting to that. That still just is one of the most unbelievable things, because uh, that was our first live stream, and um we're going through uh, whether or not Minnesota can upset uh colorado and i looked down and, then, and i saw a text message from a friend and then it was i'm reading it off phil's reaction is priceless anthony's reaction as he's laughing at us in total shock uh was was rather hurtful <laughs> oh oh okay you were talking about reeves not the um all right, I thought you said I wasn't crazy about getting him. Oh, sorry. I read getting him fired at first. Oops. Yeah, no. Way, I, always, always try to read things twice so you actually understand it. Good job, Mark. <laughs> good job. Oh, uh, well, again, I still love that anecdote. So yeah, uh, yeah. Quinn. Quinn, I, I, I didn't like him for a while. The, the thing that pissed me off at first about Quinn was the the preferential treatment towards Howden and how Howden had that great October 2018 and then the, the rest of his career since has just been utter dog shit. And he he's seen the bench, I think, once in his, in, in his career with the Rangers for it. But Pavel Buchnevich, if he breathed or looked the wrong way, he, he would get admonished for it by Quinn. And yeah. then he he did the same thing the next year with Kako. And Kako had that great game against Calgary. And then he took he took that borderline penalty, which really shouldn't have been called. And then Quinn benched him for the rest of that game. And like, why are you doing this to Kako 
when Howden gets a free pass every game for playing like absolute crap in his own zone. And then it, it just it, and especially it, by the way, Kako was putting up numbers back then. At that time, Kako was a rookie was putting up numbers. They think he had six or seven goals by then. Listen, I, I I I get Kako hasn't had the greatest start to his career, but it, it just um, I, I believe Igor was driving that car. Mm. I think, but um, what would I trade Kako for Pedersen? Yeah, yeah. Uh, let me put it to you this way: I consider Kako to be a guy I would not consider trading. Yes. I would trade him for Pedersen. And I made that decision as soon as you finished typing that. So, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Rick, absolutely. The yeah. Rangers, they could, they need a number one. They need to get that center. That could be the franchise. Now, by the way, and, and again, Mika is still that guy right now, but then, uh, eventually Pedersen takes the, the reins from him. And then you have that one, two punch at center that, if I could get Elias Pedersen, it's somewhere between nine and ten million. Yes, if if Pedersen has to go to twelve million to to sign him, then I, I'm not really going to be a fan for that. I, I, yeah, I would like to keep Pedersen under ten if I were to offer sheet him, but I don't think you're going to see an offer sheet, especially after what Carolina did in in terms of vengeance towards Montreal with Kakaniemi. So, yeah. I mean, again, when, when when it comes to uh, Kako, I'm, I'm looking over and going, you don't want to trade this guy. You don't want to trade this guy. You don't want Elias Peterson. I can do that for. So <laughs> That's a different story. He's, yeah. That's a different, that's a different ball field, uh, playing field. Yeah. That would be like uh, if, if I was going down the altar and all of a sudden what showed up was Scarlett Johansson. You go, okay, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of course, I would get in the car, find out that she's nuts, and then and then that would be just every relationship I've ever had in my life. So <laughs> um uh and there's another crack on Mark's there we go. Wouldn't be <laughs> wouldn't be an episode of Big Apple Hockey without one. No, 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 no. Well, you know. Although although Phil Phil Cassine is better than what I let on at it. So, um, <laughs> yeah, we're going to, we're going to go another, uh, five more minutes, everybody. Uh, cause unfortunately I got to work tonight, but by the way, the funny part about this is this is sort of what the goal of what the future of our big apple hockey is. We're going to do more shows, uh, hopefully two shows a week at least. And, uh, they'll be shorter. They'll be only like two hours. We might not have the five hour show like we want. Um, but, um, see, by the way, Border, I always go with borderline. It's, borderline? it's not borderline. It's not borderline because after all, I'm just going with a contemporary one right now. Cause everybody would probably throw Scar Joe up that, that list. Yeah. There's a, I have a thing. for Scar <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's oh. sort of like, it's, it's like the, re the resident one that everybody could just get behind. I mean, if I started, if I if I started bringing up Alicia Cuthbert, then you know uh, that uh, that was always my crush when she was on Twenty Four. I, I, um, I think I think a Jack in the Box would appear and it would start going, and at the end, Dion Phaneuf would pop out of it and punch you in the face for that one. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, but then Sean Avery would tweet me, so that's all right. And then, yeah, and Sean Avery would be like, yo, that guy's a dick. Screw him. <laughs> Sloppy um, seconds. Fortunately, by the way, uh, I don't have any tattoos. I have a phobia to needles. Uh... <laughs> this Let's, wait, sorry, we did the... Yeah, but no, it's... Yeah, uh... you said it right after I said it, too, Daniel. Well, welcome, yeah. Daniel, by the way. Oh, by the way, first off, hey, Danny. Uh, missed you at the last game. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, heck, uh, I, I still, I still have the this torch I'll hold for Daisy Fuentes, but she married Richard Marks. I mean, that guy, he looks great for his fifties. So, and also, by the way, one of the funniest uh, tweets I've seen in a while. Richard Marks said, uh, "I went to the dentist's office today." No, it was nothing wrong with me. I just wanted to hear some of my songs. So. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say he's pretty funny. He roasts people on Twitter too. Richard Marks, he's pretty good with that. Yeah. <laughs> um. Again, I got a phobia to needles, and unfortunately, I, I um, unfortunately, I just throwing that up for one second. I had to do it for a friend of mine to go see his wedding because um. California was talking about mandates uh, all the way back in uh, in April, so I couldn't chance it. Um, Danny Windsor, all right. By the way, still one of my first teammates to actually be watching a live broadcast. I mean, most most of them are tired of hearing my voice anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, Spend a night with Mark Croker, she'll get tired of it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, although, although I had another teammate in the other night, Adam Ritzer. So that's uh, when I was doing videos uh, that like in J- July or maybe no, no January uh, of Ritzer's Hot Honey. Check that out. It's it's really good. Uh, I do. I I I thought about a Rangers tattoo because that's definitely never going to go anywhere. Um. Uh, but. I was going to get either 43 at one point or uh, there's another story with another tattoo. But I was going to leave that for something else. Uh, so how are you, John, you don't got any tattoos, right? I do not. Yeah. I think Anthony's got one. He, he Anthony has multiple, I believe. <laughs> he's got like 10. <laughs> no, I don't think it's that much. I think he's got like somewhere between three and five, I think. I, I I remember seeing a lot of ink on Anthony, so yeah, yeah, that sexy beefcake. Uh, <laughs> Anthony, the only one to to appear on Big Apple Hockey without a shirt. So <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's yeah, it's, and it's not like we don't look bad. So uh, got that one. Yeah, we're tattoo virgins, Dave. Yeah, laugh it up, buddy. All right. Yeah. All right. So we're going to sign off right here. Um, lots of work to do. Uh, we'll definitely get up the preseason segment by uh, hopefully 5 o'clock, if not tomorrow. But as usual, guys, it's always great to talk to you, and it's always great to have you on. Um, and I can't wait to see this game. Hopefully we'll get to see either people at um, uh, the seats. 
at the garden. I think uh, my seats are. I always love it when there's like uh, a phone number that calls you that's not really a phone number. Makes makes you feel really safe how your information is out there. Uh, it's ah. we're gonna be sitting in two twenty four. So uh, as long as you're not coming to punch me in the face, I'll be very happy. Uh, but <laughs> uh, and definitely pregame beers before then. Uh, I God, I hope Stout is, is Stout still open. I know that. I think I walked by it. Uh, last week or last month when I was in the city. Um, but we're going to also try to do a couple little videos uh, before the game. And uh, I go with Scarlet over even Mendez. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I have a, a preference for redheads. Uh, there's definitely nothing wrong against either girl. Um, uh, but again, so keep it, uh, keep checking big apple hockey on Twitter. Cause we're going to update that. Uh, I'm going to put the pair the show from Periscope from all things Rangers over there as soon as I can. And, um, also, uh, just, you know, keep liking us, sharing us and, uh, recommending us to others. Uh, wait, wait, hold on. Matt is asking, I wonder if, oh, Rick, it's happening. I, I'm never going to leave again. If you wonder if Eichel is going, if a trade is going to happen in, uh, before training camp. No, I, I would say probably not. There's a very slim, I think I'd say like there's like a 1% chance just because if, if the physical is good and he shows up to camp, I, I just feel like having him around would just be a massive distraction for the team. I don't think a team trying to turn a new leaf would really want that. But again, at the same point, I, I just think that it's just going to be too tough to try to promote this deal right now. And I think Adams is going to want to hold on to him and try to see if he could get better value during the season. So I don't know. I, I'm probably going to lean towards no. Yeah. I, I got, I got to go now. It's uh, I, I think everybody that had interest in him has moved on, and just like how Scarlett's moved on to uh, Colin Jost, <laughs> um, but no, it's uh, I just I just think it's they're they're ready they're ready to start the season, and if you go and acquire Jack Eichel, then you're gonna be. You're going to be acquiring a player you can't use for two to three months. Like, well, it depends on the physicals. If he passes the physicals, then you, you, that could change things. But I, I still say it's a complete wild card. I'm probably I'm going to lean towards no, regardless. But I, I, if he passes the physical, that could change a lot of things. So. Oh, and by the way, uh, I know with Granny she was doing this, but I saw you guys are doing uh, the bar talk segment with us, then playing along. That was great. Yeah, have any guys in the comments? Yeah, exactly. make sure we highlight more of those. But uh, okay, but again, <laughs> see, we I had five sign offs the other day, Philk. It was it was actually um, two Zambonis in an ice chest for Eichel. <laughs> That's not, but uh, like I had five sign offs the other day, and uh, eventually people just kept on asking, Oh, Bobby Ganoush is back. Uh, 
I don't know if he will or not. At this point, uh, I, I, I just, I'm not sure. I, I, I it, it's still so up in the air, and that's why I'm leaning towards no. Isn't it just like one of those things, though? It's can't just have it be left up to a person and their doctors. That's, you know, but hey, we're as fans, we're gonna weigh in on that. Um, I don't know. My dad has spinal fusion surgery. I then the spinal fusion surgery. I I think that kills him for the season. To be honest with you, because you're gonna should have, have had it done. Should have done. Yeah, should have had it done. That's why the Sabers. That's why the Sabers are a, a double decker shit sandwich of an organization. That might so. be our next Oilers got to oil. Sure. Sabers going to Sabers. No, it's just, hey, it's the Sabers. Yeah, hey, it's the Sabers. Yeah, that could be a hashtag. So. Yeah. All right. But, guys, yeah, so we're going to run. Uh, we're going to have much more this week and the next time. And it's great hanging out with you guys. And uh, hopefully um, hopefully sooner, sooner we'll be able to actually get our – timetables down for when we're going to be doing these broadcasts. So that's what we're going to do. So, all right. Thank you all very much. Like, share, subscribe, spread our, spread our word among the masses. And we'll see you soon. Let's go Rangers. Let's go Rangers. <laughs>